Okay. Uh, we have been looking in Colossians, reading through Colossians, and we were talking. We have talked about how Colossians is this letter to people. Um, it's a letter to us about how we can kind of hold our lives up to God and ask him to shape us, shape our hearts like him and shape our lives to be what he would ask them to be. And so we usually go through our Sundays and have a teaching and then we send an email out at the beginning, like Monday or Tuesday. And, um, those emails tend to have some questions and just some things to sit with and ponder. Um, but today... The, we just have four verses that we're looking at, and they just really, I felt like, invited us to, I think, sit with God. So we're going to start with that, and it, um, it might be different, might be weird for some of us, but um, I just invite you to be okay with being quiet with God and reading through these words that are from the Bible and um there are questions, a couple questions, if you need questions to help you think about those words, or maybe you just sit with the words. We're not going to spend a long time here, um, but I didn't want to give you my thoughts about these words from God without you having your own thoughts first. So um, I just invite you to participate. It's different. Don't do it like this every Sunday. Um, if you like to sit and have someone else tell you their thoughts first, we do that most of the time. But um, just five minutes or so. How fun. Well, if you guys can... Go. Take one, pass it on, more will come. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you that you meet us in it, that you work it through our lives, that it is living and active and is relevant today as it was when it was written. I pray that you would help us meditate, help us come honestly before you today. Help us rejoice in who you have made us. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be honorable in your sight, Lord. Amen. All right. Well, I hope that was okay. Some of you might have liked that. Some of you might have hated it. But wherever you land, I just I hope that you would be reminded that we are a people that are called to sit with God's word. And that um, you personally are smart enough, strong enough, wise enough to come to good conclusions about God's word, that you don't have to be a scholar, you don't have to go to seminary, God will meet you um, in when you sit and read his word, that it is powerful and effective in our lives. So um, if you hated that, I just ask that you wouldn't give up on it, that you would continue to uh, practice. That's I know what it takes sometimes is practice. And sitting in a room with a bunch of people isn't my favorite place to get quiet, but it's a good place to start. It's what we had today. Um, All right, I want to look at these verses. Uh, The next slide, I think, 
Mm, next. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So this is the message version, which we oftentimes look at, and it's uh, Eugene Peterson's kind of putting these words into more common vernacular. But I really appreciate what he says in how he translates that first verse. He says, if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. You know, the first time we read that, I was like, here it as a mom would say it. Like, if you want to go on that play date, act like it. Like, act right. And um, I don't actually think that's what Eugene was thinking when he put it down. Because if you look back at where we were last week in Colossians 2, he would, you know, Paul was saying, you don't need to be acting all Jewish anymore. You don't have to act religious. That is not what God is looking for. So why does Eugene say, if you are serious about living this new resurrection life, act like it? I think he's saying, if you are free, act free. Act free. Like, I think that we oftentimes are these people that have been freed from the chains of sin and death, and we are freed and, like, the chains are gone because God handled that. And we go, gosh, it is good to be free. Like, those were really hurting my wrists. That was really uncomfortable. And then we just, like, sit back in our cells. We're like, oh, it's good to be free. You're wasting your freedom sitting in your prison cell. God is saying, if you want to live this resurrection life, live it. Be free. Walk in freedom. That is who you have been called to be. That is what God's gift of resurrection is. It is a life to be lived. And then Eugene says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. Pursue those things. And I can't read that word pursue without being transported back to my seventh grade self. So in seventh grade, I was just taller than I am now and skinnier than I am now. And I was just really awkward. (laughs) And my dad was like, you've tried all these other things. You're going to be tall. We're going to make you, you're going to play volleyball. And I had never played, you know, I didn't, I played soccer, but I'd never played volleyball. I was so awkward. And I was on this team. It was a competitive team that took me because I was tall. (laughs) I'd never touched a volleyball before. And my coach, like, this is serious. I mean, seventh graders, but like they're training us to be good. And so I'm out there with my team that they've all, they've been around the gym before. They know what they're doing. And so we're learning defense and I'm like awkward. So I'm standing there and he's got the ball and he's like, okay, so basics of volleyball. What happens when I'm on this team and the ball touches the ground? Whose point is that? the other teams. Okay, so the point is, don't let this ball touch the ground, okay? Don't let this ball touch the ground. My coach is like, we are going to be a team known for relentless pursuit. We are going to pursue the ball. No matter what, you pursue the ball. And I'm like, okay, whatever that means. So... I watch my teammates go, and he like, you know, you're in ready position, and then he throws the ball. It's like a little bit, little bit far, so you have to go get it. You have to dive. I can't dive. You have to dive. You have to do what you have to do to get the ball. 
And then he sees me. I'm just like standing. I don't know what ready position is. I'm like this. He's like, Becca, you ready? I'm like, sure. He throws the ball, but he doesn't throw it just like a little bit far. He chucks it across the gym. And I'm like, stand up, look at him. Like, that was silly. What does my coach say? Everybody get on the line. Suicides. Why? Because I gave up on the ball. Of course I gave up on the ball. He chucked it across the gym. What am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to pursue the ball. I'm supposed to run after it. doesn't matter if I can touch it or not. I'm supposed to show that I am someone that believes in relentless pursuit. That I don't give up on the play. And I learned slowly that to be a great volleyball player is to be someone that lives a life of relentless pursuit. There is no such thing as a ball that is beyond what we can get. That you sprint into the stands if you need to, to touch the ball. You might not keep it in play, but there are going to be balls that you do keep in play because you have been trained to pursue that ball. And so I read this, and I think we are supposed to be people that pursue the things over which Christ presides. And I looked up that word. Pursue means to chase as if to catch. Like, I am going to get that ball. And God says, like, stop sitting back on your heels and letting life pass. Like, pursue the things that my heart is after. Stay engaged with my kingdom and my values. Don't let the things of this world bog you down. Like, remember that we are not compartmentalized. It's not like, this is my work life, and I do the things, and then I come home to my family, and I do the things, and oh yeah, I'm supposed to pray sometimes. No, that's, that's not what God calls us to. He calls us to a life where we are engaged, where we recognize that Work things are kingdom things, and family things are things of his heart, and that they are all connected. And that we would pursue the things that his heart calls us to be after. The next part um, talks about setting our minds and keeping focused habitually on things above. And I think, okay, we set our minds and we keep focused habitually on the things that are heavenly things, not the things in this world that have temporal value. We talk about that a lot, like what God calls us to. I think even last time I talked, we talked about having our our eyes on Jesus and like keeping our minds set. And there are lots of different ways we do that and practices we do to keep engaged with reminding us we are part of God's kingdom and he is here with us and when we wake up in the morning how do we first think of God like remind ourselves I always want to go to the to-do list but like God you're here you're present you're with me um I just think there's something else that we're missing if we don't recognize that um Like I said before, it's not a compartmentalized thing. We don't set our minds on God and then say, okay, God, I did that. Now let me move on with my day. So 
you know, we do this, I'm very guilty of this all the time. You know, my best friend from LA calls me, how are you doing, Becca, what's going on? And like the first thing I do is think, okay, what, what is going on? What, what, what's my week been like? Where, who's sick? Like how can I update Kathy on life? And I just talk about circumstances. Talk about my circumstances. And that's not wrong, it's not bad. That's updating her on my life. But we need to like be pressing into the next level, right? Good, like it's good to know that everyone's been sick this week. How's that affecting your heart? Like, where is God meeting you in that? Or where is he not meeting you in that, that you need him to meet you? How is that impacting your hope? How is that impacting your joy? How is that impacting your peace? The things, the heavenly things, like we think, oh, I I should be, sometimes I think we read that verse, set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, the heavenly things, not on things that are on the earth, which have only temporal value. So we think, I need to be praying, I should be singing worship songs all day, and I shouldn't be bothered by all this trivial stuff of life. God's like, God's not stupid. He knows that we live on this earth, in this flesh. We have to do our jobs. We have to eat. We have friendships. We have things we love to do, sports. Like, it's okay. It's okay to be part of this world and to live in it. That's not what God's saying in this. He's saying, as you live this life, as you do the life things that are just normal, everyday things, don't forget to keep the connection, like keep the tension on the rope between heaven and earth. Life things affect your heart. Have those conversations too. Don't just have the circumstance conversations. Have the conversations about how is that impacting you? Like, what are you should? I should always be able to answer, What is God teaching you right now? What is God leading you into right now? That should always, I should always know the answer to that. Oh, in this season, this is what God's teaching me. Maybe it's a season of abundance and joy. Like, okay, God is teaching me to live into joy. What that looks like. Do you see what I mean? There should just always be the tension on the rope between heaven and earth. If we let that tension slack and we forget, then we start living this compartmentalized life. Church is where I do God. Then I go do my life stuff. No, that's not God's desire for us. This is how we keep our mind on heavenly things. We keep remembering our earthly life is always connected to kingdom life. It's not one or the other. Okay. When Christ, this is also Eugene, well, the first part, when Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Then Eugene Peterson adds, meanwhile, be content with obscurity like Christ. I don't know... um, if someone in here needs to hear that it's okay to be unknown. It's okay to be deemed unimportant and insignificant by this world. It's okay. It's very, very much against what this world would tell you. But God says, it's okay. I would say the flip side of that coin that we need to be aware of is that 
who this world sees as unimportant and insignificant, God says has the highest worth and the highest value. I love the story of um, Hagar. So Sarah is trying to get pregnant, Abraham's wife, and she can't get pregnant, she can't get pregnant, but she does have a slave. So Hagar is her slave, Hagar, and so she's property, she's owned, and then she's used because Sarah says, I can't get pregnant, so use my slave, and the slave gets pregnant. But then Sarah's mad because she was able to bear a child, and so she banishes her. So Hagar is property, used, and thrown aside. And what happens is God meets her. And she names God. It's the only time in the Bible that this name for God is used. And she says, you are the God who sees me. The world wants us to be puffed up and self-important. And God says, you don't need to be self-important. It's okay for you to do small things and great love for your whole life and be unknown by this world because I see you and I love you. I love what I see. I love your heart. I love the actions that you take to love people. Zephaniah 3.17 says this, so I'll just add it to God sees you, which can be kind of scary for some of us. Like, I don't want to be known that well. I don't want God to see me. But what about this? God sees you, and he rejoices over you with singing. He delights in you. He quiets you in his love. That is the God that sees you. That is his reaction when he sees you. I hope that um, as we journey through this idea of rooting and having a life shaped by God, you know, first we have to offer our lives. So it's like this, like hands open. God, shape me. Teach me. Let me learn from your word. See me. Know me. Like, let me be okay with the fact that you do know me. Those are all great responses to God's word. Another thing that I would just encourage us as we learn how to be shaped by God is to learn how to pray through scripture. And that can look like a lot of different things, but one thing it could look like is this week you take this little sheet and you read these four verses and one verse at a time, you write a response to that verse or a prayer for your life. God, you say I have been raised with Christ. Let me live a life of resurrection. Whatever that looks like for you, this week I invite you to just spend 10 minutes one morning or one evening, whenever you want, to just write out a prayer. It's another beautiful way of learning how to be shaped by God. Um, I did this. I love it. I like I love writing, so I just want to invite you um, as we close. We'll use this as like 
our responsive prayer. So I'll read the uh, first part, and we all together can read the bold. And it honestly, I just took those four verses, and this is the prayer that made sense to me from them. So it's not rocket science, um, and you can do it, and I invite you to do it. So this is our last thing today together. Um, after we pray, I just invite you to um, mingle, love one another, and look for this email. I, I think if you're like me, like the emails have kind of stopped working in my mind. Like, oh, I need to go back to this. It's like, oh, yeah, that I just get the email and I don't look at it. So look at it this week. Look at it next week. Let's go back to this routine of asking these rooting questions, um, expecting God to meet us throughout the week, not just this morning. Um, keep the tension on the line. You know, heaven is calling us every day, and let's, let's keep engaged. All right. Lord, might we desire more to be shaped by you. Remind us today of our freedom for abundant, powerful, unhindered life. Help us return to the truth that we have been raised with Christ. Today, give us eyes to see and ears to hear, that we may be aware of your kingdom come and coming in and around us. Renew our minds and purify our desires, Lord. Give us an appetite to love what you love, to rejoice in your truth, to embody your mercy, to come undone by your beauty. Death and decay are no longer our stories. Draw our eyes to the new, true, imperishable life we live, kept perfectly in you. Lord, hear our prayer. Thanks, guys.